Welcome to Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry, a podcast dedicated to changing the way women eat to lose weight so they can feel their hottest. I'm your host, Lauren Hubert, former fad dieter turned registered dietitian. Each week, I'll share all of my favorite healthy eating tips and swaps, help you through frustrations on your journey, and show you the science behind losing weight. Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry is here to make weight loss simple, fun, and easy to stick to for life. Welcome back to another episode of Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry. We are here with Michelle, which I will have to say first, she's drinking a spindrift and I haven't had a spindrift in so long. I'm literally like, I want one. I love a little seltzer moment. But besides the point, I know this is not an ad for spindrift. I just like it, guys. Anyway, we are here with Michelle, who is going to have such a fun conversation. We were talking off air, but Michelle is someone who's been through TSN. She's gone through the programming. She's lost the weight. She's done the work. But beyond her story, which is so inspirational, we are here to also have a discussion around breaking generational dieting trauma and being able to not just do this journey for yourself, but especially for women out there who want to have children or have children. And it really puts a different meaning to why this journey is important for us. Like, obviously we want to be selfish in our pursuit of these goals for ourselves. And and I want you guys to be selfish. Like that's a good thing on a weight loss journey. But at the same time, this journey is also selfless when you are a mother or you're caring for other people or even in relationships. So you can be a positive influence on other people and not continue this dieting cycle that we see in our culture. So without further ado, I'm so excited to welcome you, Michelle, to Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. It's a vibe. And before I go any further, (laughs) Michelle is in Florida and I am a Florida girly at heart, even though I'm in Boston right now. So I feel like we have a little connection there and I love it. We are. I'm in the panhandle. So I'm kind of right next to your FSU alma mater. The best, the best. Yeah. Anyway, Michelle, let's go back to the DM you sent me. And everyone listening to this doesn't know this, but Michelle sent me a DM and was talking a little bit about her children and fostering a healthy relationship to food. So walk me through what inspired you to share that DM and what really got you to be on the show today and for us to have this fun combo? Right. So um, I have a 12-year-old and a a daughter, and then I have a 14-year-old son. And um, I noticed that my 12-year-old daughter um, was just picking up on some like subtle cues of just her relationship with food was changing. And I feel so fortunate that I went through the program here and it really helped me change my complete relationship with food. And so when I um, noticed these subtle changes happening, of course, I reached out to you and I've reached out to you before, like on like celebrating successes on Instagram. And, you know, obviously once I graduated the program and obviously within that program, we celebrated all sorts of things. But then after that, and after the program went through, and I think I told you it was like the best money I've ever spent (laughs) in changing and reframing my mindset. So I reached out to you and said, look, can you point me in the right direction? Can you tell me, you know, she's just starting to change her relationship with food. She's 12 years old and it's just a different way. It's, It's different from now, like thinking of like vegetables and meat. She's just thinking of things like she started just like, for instance, we were going into dinner time one time and she was like, I don't want to, um, I ate a lot for, for lunch. I'm just going to eat lettuce now. And I was like, Ooh, well, hold on. (laughs) That's not, that maybe isn't a healthy choice. Um, and so just noticing and first observing, right? So just critiquing back, sitting back, watching what was happening and kind of digging in a little bit and talking to her about, you know, what's happening in her friend group. Where did this come from? And then I dug in a little bit more and found out that at school, they recently did a a state mandated kind of weight and measure program where they all go in and they did, they all took their weight and measurement and you could opt out. I thought no big deal. They sent a little notification. Hey, we're doing this little weight and measure program. And I didn't sign the opt out form, thought it was no big deal. They checked for scoliosis too. I thought, great, no problem. Well, they told the kids their weight and measurements. And so what happened was these middle schoolers went in after and they compared. And my daughter's perfectly, I mean, not that it matters, but she was perfectly fine. No she's issues. Healthy. You know, I mean, I want to own Completely the healthy. Yeah, she's healthy. She's and completely healthy. Oh my goodness. Yep. Completely healthy. Nothing to be concerned about. But something happened to her confidence in that moment. And she came home. And so finally it came out. It after some talking about it. And she said, my friends are comparing. 
they're, um, you know, I'm not, one of my friends is five, four and weighs, you know, 80 pounds. And, you know, my other friend is this much. And we said, and I said, well, he's a guy. <laughs> How does that even translate? Yeah. <laughs> You're a female. And also, <laughs> you know, so like, you've got this time frame too, which I can imagine that, you know, different women go through puberty at different times. I went through puberty in like fifth grade and I'm older for my grade. And I had friends that went through it in like seventh or eighth grade, which is like mm-hmm. almost three or four years after me. So I, mm-hmm. I can only pull from my firsthand experiences how like confusing it is. But I bring up the pu- the puberty piece because mm-hmm. when you go through puberty, that's also going to impact your body and your weight and that even coupled with your height. And if you play sports as a, a middle schooler, right? And just being so young. So it's such a difficult time. And then you add on, okay, the state mandated test, getting your weight taken and no context or education on that weight. I mean, honestly, it makes sense why your daughter and I'm sure other women and men out there that have to go through this. I mean, it, it, it makes sense why that's happening. It's horrible, honestly. Right. It doesn't seem like it was you know, possibly well done. I don't know if we'll be doing that test again. I might sign that opt-out form, honestly. I I can endorse (laughs) the signing of the opt-out form. Now, when you got this information and this conversation came up with your daughter, and I'm not sure if you've talked with other parents or, you know, gone through experiences like this, but does this relate back to anything that you experienced, whether as a a young adult, um, as a mother, or even early on in like your dieting experience as a child. Um, is there anything that you can pull from that relates to kind of what your daughter is going through? Absolutely. I think, you know, being a woman and going through diet culture. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Being, I'm 40 years old and I feel like I have battle scars all over my body from just growing up in the generation of Diet Coke. I still remember the, you know, my parents coming to me and saying, Hey, you know, you're nine you know, it's time to switch from Sprite to Diet Coke, you know, and that impacted me. And I, you know, my parents did the best with the tools they had. And I feel like they did a pretty good job, but I still am impacted by the things that happen. And I want to do better with my children. You know, I have better tools. I have the information that's better. I know that, you know, protein helps you stay fuller. I know, I know some of the things that you've given me, I know how to make choices that will impact their blood sugar. I know things that will keep them ahead in terms of their health and their, uh, you know, like one of the phrases you say um, that I really love is like how to feel your hottest in your body. You know, it's how to feel your hottest. Mm. And I love that. It's not how to be your hottest. It's how to feel. And I think that resonates as we get into like TikTok culture and we get into, you know, where it really impacts. I mean, my daughter's 12 years old. So young. Oh my God. Oh, (laughs) you think they're so young. She does not have TikTok, you know, and you think you've insulated them in this little environment, but gosh, I don't let her download Pinterest. Well, guess what can happen? You can get to TikTok through Pinterest. You know, then I find out. It is really so crazy. So I live in Massachusetts and on the local news, but I'm sure it's like national headline news. There are those prime drinks. My nephew, who is seven years old, who goes on YouTube, which is like the YouTube shorts TikTok. But I think honestly, some of his friends in school, like he's seven, like he's Mm -hmm. so young. Like he's entering, I believe like what, third grade um, next year. So he's in second grade finishing up right now. But he said to me when we went over uh, over the weekend, And was like, I want Prime, which for those of you that don't know, Prime is basically this energy drink by Jake Paul. And it's like a lot of the young kids like all want Prime. Like it's like the Celsius, like a lot of gym people like Celsius. Well, you know, young kids like Prime now. And it's crazy because he's so young. I'm like, how did like my sister, his mother didn't even know what Prime was. Me and my husband, Josh, like we had to break the news and we're like, how do you know about Prime at seven years old? And so as much as I can sit here and be like 12 is young, like honestly with the world we live in, like even seven-year-olds now are being, I wouldn't call it like diet culture, but like they're being exposed to things that I know I personally, you know, however many years ago now, like I was not exposed to in quite the way around food and nutrition. And of course we all have dieting scars from our childhood, depending on the generation we grew up in. But I think especially for the generation right now of young women and even young, young men, right. You know, growing up it, there, there definitely is more. And I think marketing has almost gotten better if you know what I mean. Right. 
Yeah, they know exactly what they're doing. I mean, they know how to target that. And they know too that an influencer impact is much higher rated. I mean, I work in the world of marketing. Yeah, so I can, you're the perfect can person to talk about this with. Tell you the stats that a, oh, an influencer campaign is so much more impactful than a traditional marketing campaign. And so that's going to be what, and they can't tell the difference. They really can't oh, tell the difference. Oh, the kids totally it's, can't. Yeah. They, they don't know what it is. And so when they see these images and they see it really does, uh, you know, it does impact them. And so how can we counteract them with healthy information? and good information. And so I think what doing your program and what intersecting my life, right? So I lost uh, five pounds on my own. And then I realized, oh, I need some help. <laughs> if I'm really going to get serious and not just lose five pounds, gain five pounds, lose five pounds, gain five pounds, I do, do this whole silly system that I keep doing. And then I found you, yay. And I lost 20 pounds right? And it was huge, huge. And I'm so happy where I'm at. I'm living my best life. It's been great. Um, it's been a year since. And since I've gotten hold of that information and it's been sustainable and, you know, uh, just, um, it's been easy with the information. It's just, it's livable, which is great. Yeah. Um, I feel like having the tools and the information to do that are, are what's needed to be successful just in your relationship with food. And I want, with that knowledge now, I want to make sure that my children have that, especially as they hit teenager stage, where it's, oh gosh, it is so important because it's all around them. Whether they want to acknowledge it or not, it's all around them. In the you know, we're in Florida, like in the bikini culture, in the whatever, you know, in the hitting the gym, all of that. And, and I also want them to know that they're in control of that too, that part of their life too. They're not out of control. Yeah. You're making me think if we don't educate ourselves, especially you as a parent, they're going to get this information somewhere and that information is going to be different than what you could teach them. So I actually, before we talk more about your children and like the education piece that you want to be able to provide to them and that you are actively providing to them, I want to segue back to your journey a little bit. So you lost five pounds, was kind of back and forth. We're struggling a lot. Now you're kind of in this place where you're like, not only have I lost 20 pounds, but it's just like so easy. We can look back. Hindsight's 2020. Like this can be so straightforward. We can feel hot. We can feel amazing in our bodies. Walk me through what you were struggling with before you lost this 20 pounds regarding what you didn't know. Like what was the misinformation that you were like, damn, like that looking back is what was holding me back from losing this 20 pounds and really just feeling my best. I can tell you exactly what it was. So <laughs> let me tell you, Lauren. Now. <laughs> Lauren, I've spent a lot of time on this. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked this question. <laughs> so I did Weight Watchers for years. Mm. I did it all the time. I did it in my uh, college and with much wow. success. And it pretty much was, this, I mean, I hate to say this, it was like starvation at the time because it was huh. like so little points at that point. Well, then also, Weight Watchers has rebranded so yes. much where like the Weight Watchers you did is not this WW now. Like it was, it was not eating a lot of food back in the day. No, it was not. It, it, amen. <laughs> like a banana was two points then. You did not eat the banana. No, like you didn't eat cheese ever. Like especially ever. when I first became a dietitian, because I never did Weight Watchers as a kid. But the first thing, before I let you tell your story, the first thing I ever really learned about Weight Watchers through my clients was especially like the OG Weight Watchers. None of my, like all my clients would like never have any cheese, like ever, 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 because it was just so many points. Now I think they've changed the point system a little bit. So I've had clients like include a little bit more moderation, which is great, Weight Watchers. But but regardless, yes, very restrictive. We counted the points and we still didn't lose the weight, it sounds like. Right. No, so I did. And so then it was super restrictive and then I did it. And then it just wasn't working for me, I think, because it just it, it just didn't work. And so I did this whole cycle thing, right? And so then when I came to your program, what made it different was it was going, hey, Michelle, you were probably not eating breakfast. You were stacking your points to get them later. You were binging either in the afternoon around two or three o'clock. Oh, by the way, due to stress, when you got home with the kids and were trying to balance, working at the end of the day, trying to get all your stuff done, and then binging later on in the night, you were not eating enough food. You were not eating enough protein. I juggled between vegetarian, veganism. 
I tried everything. If you name yes. something, I've done it. And then, so and I'm pescatarian now, but, and so I found balance and all of that. And you just, you, the way you said, okay, protein, uh, don't starve yourself so that you don't starve <laughs> yourself in the advice? morning. I mean, it's like, it's like kind of like, duh. Um, and then, you know, find things that work. It's like, okay, so I found things that work for me and that work for my lifestyle. And at one point, I remember one point you were like, so if you do like to have, you know, like a Owen protein shake, you know, do that in the morning if that works for you. And you were like, that works. And you were like, whole food's great, but if that works for breakfast. And so I keep those like in my fridge so that if I'm not able to get breakfast in and I have it and I, can, I need my 30 grams of protein, I can grab it in the go and I'm never stuck. And that's what you taught me is to not get stuck, you know, with just junk and, you know, bad choices that I didn't really want anyways. And to save my the choices I want for when I really want them and to plan, to plan accordingly and that like I'm in control. And so um, I think that was also and to eat fiber and to, you know, all the things that were just they were intuitive in a way, but to have them told through a dietitian, And actually, that's what sold me originally was that I was looking for, I don't know if I, I even mentioned this, I was looking for a dietitian, and I almost signed up to get a local dietitian. And I found you as the dietitian. I was just about to pull the trigger. I called into a local dietitian, but then I found your program and you were a dietitian. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot because I just liked your personality. And I liked that you had a structure to it and you had the modules and you were also like, don't do everything at once. Try, you know, take it in steps. And I liked that. Um, and so in, it worked and I did it and it felt sustainable. Um, and actually I did it with a girlfriend of mine and I actually stuck with it. You know, I was like the one who kind of stuck with it and did it yeah, and, yeah. and it really worked. And we showed up at the gym too. And I, and I worked out, oh, and you also cut down my workout time. I was doing way too much cardio too. I was busting it at the gym and I switched to working out, um, with strength training too, three days a week. Just what you said. You were like, just go two to three days a week. And I was like, hallelujah. Thank you goodness, I do not have to go and kill myself on my Peloton all the time. And so you, you helped like just, you know, make it sustainable for a lifestyle. So that's what you did for me. You know, I always ask this question and I have to ask you this question. What made you trust the process, trust my advice, trust the guidance, being able to let go of daily workouts, being okay with eating more, especially in the morning, being okay with adding more of the right things to your plate instead of cutting out calories and points like Weight Watchers told you. Because for a lot of women, and I'm generalizing, but that's really hard when you're stuck and you've been stuck for so long because you don't know a different way because you've never seen success another way before. So in your personal journey and experience, what allowed you to trust the guidance besides the fact that I'm a dietitian, right? Um, sometimes for people that isn't even enough. So I'm curious, like what made you trust me and trust this process? That's a good question. Um, besides your dancing videos, they besides, really helped. <laughs> besides making it a little fun and sexy because life is too short not to have a little fun, right? Yeah, you were, you made it fun and you also had a sense of humor about it. You didn't take it all too serious. You know, you also framed it in a way that was not too sciencey, but you did break down the science of it. You know, you went, you pulled back the curtain some, but you, you did it enough to where I understood it for sure. Um, I, I think, I, I do think your dietitian credential really helped me trust you because I see so many nutritionists functioning and I don't know if anyone else is like this. Like I've gone to the gym a million times and I've had a million trainers, not a million, but a couple come up to me and be like, Hey, um, I can help you lose weight. And I'm like, oh, they're just trying to get I'm clients. Like, That's not how you get clients. I'm like, I don't think this is your lane. Or like I went to go get Botox one time and the lady oh, behind wow. the thing was like, um, we have a pill that can help you lose some weight. And I was like, look, I know I'm a little pudgy, but I don't want to hear that for you. I'm just here for my injectables. So I just was <laughs> slightly insulted, you know, like, yeah. I just, so when I came across, I was like, I am going to a dietitian this time. Like I'm going to seek a health professional that knows like what 
the freak they're talking about. And so that actually for me was legit. And you made it fun. And you were like in tune with modern women, I think was a a selling point. Like you looked like me and like you were fun. And, you know, I think that was that was it. That was like the secret sauce. Yeah. yeah. Moral of the story, you have to find someone you vibe with. And I always right. say like, sometimes I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but like you have to trust the program, the ideas, the intentions on why you're doing something. And I'm actually curious, follow-up question, what did you have to let go of to be able to do the things I was saying, right? Like you had to drastically change your life, how you operated. When I say drastically change, I don't mean like every single aspect of your life had to feel so difficult and it was so brand new. It was it was small modifications, right? When you really think about it. But what did you have to let go of to be able to take the advice we were giving you and I was giving you and be able to lose the 20 pounds by doing it? What did you have to let go of? I had to let go of the mentality that it was the the all or nothing mentality. Mm, You know, that that was really big. Like if I, you know, the perfectionist, if I eat the croissant, like, okay, here's an example. I was on a, a shoot this morning. Someone had half of a chocolate croissant that they didn't eat. And I was like, oh, love chocolate croissants never eat chocolate croissants. What do I do? I ate half the chocolate croissant. And I thought that was so delicious. That was so worth it. I'm so glad I ate that. Well, what would I have done in the past? That would have derailed me. Well, I came home and I thought, well, what am I going to have for lunch? Well, okay. I can make tuna fish. I can put some tuna with some celery and I can do some mayo. I'm going to do that after the call. And I'm going to do with rice crackers. That sounds delicious. Old Michelle, like in my thinking would have been like, I had a chocolate croissant, wheels off, I can eat whatever I want because the day is ruined. The day is gone. I've, it's already checked out. And so I had to get rid of my perfection. And that goes back to perfectionist thinking. You did a whole thing. You did like a whole unit on that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let me tell you that dieting mindset can do a yeah. sturdy. And honestly, that's the dieting mindset that yeah. your daughter was even experiencing. Not, not that she was experiencing dieting mindset, but that's what we're being taught when, okay, we have our weight. We don't like it. Basically, we're taught like not to eat, have the lettuce for dinner and breaking that perfectionistic mindset is more about honestly having flexibility. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm hearing is you had to have flexibility with your food choices. And I love that you said the worth it thing. And I know I say that all the time, Mm -hmm. but it's like when you're on a shoot, there's this chocolate croissant, you're never going to get it again if it's worth it. And you even had half of it too. Like you had a little bit of it, you had it, you moved on, you enjoyed it in the moment, but then you're also macro aware and calorie aware for the rest of your day. Well, one, half a chocolate croissant is definitely not like a thousand calories, right? Like it's it's pretty small in the grand scheme of things, regardless of what size it was. But two, it didn't derail your day because you have all of this other calorie money throughout the day to spend and be able to plan in your budget. And so learning that flexibility honestly sounds like that's been one of the biggest assets to your weight loss journey. And that was something that before, not just with Weight Watchers, but with kind of how you approached food before. It sounds like it was very all or nothing. It was, I either did good and I did bad. There was no middle ground. And if you did bad, that meant you don't need food. You need to work out harder. You need to, you know, be more disciplined, whatever the hell that means. Right. And, you know, I'm really just hearing flexibility has been your superpower. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's definitely flexibility. And I'm trying now to transition that with my um, daughter. I actually used that recently too, when she was saying, um, the lettuce. And I said, Hey, that, you know, why don't we pair that with some protein? And why don't we put a carb? We need to put probably a healthy carb with it. You know, why don't we go for some brown rice or some quinoa that'll keep you full, you know, let's do something. And I'm trying to actually weave some of that in. Cause it's so different when you're, when you have itty bitties and you have control of their plate, you know, cause you yeah. can just, really dictate. You have an itty bitty, you feel like you don't have control of their plate because they, but looking in hindsight, you totally have 100% control because you buy it and, you know, it's just an easier process. Also, they're not in school being exposed to different food products. I know schools now, depending on where you live, can be like so strict with what's even allowed, right? Right. Some schools don't even allow peanut butter on the premises, for instance, but it becomes, I think, a lot more difficult when your children are not only elementary school, but especially when like middle school and high school happens because 
they're being exposed to things that you literally have no control over. And I, and I really, I'm sure you've seen it firsthand. Like it just also totally modifies their taste preferences too, which is outside of like the diet culture stuff, but that also that impacts what they even want to eat in the first place. Right. Absolutely. You find out that they love like Cheetos and you're like, I didn't even know you haven't even had I've never bought those for you. Yeah. I've never even (laughs) bought those for you. I mean, that's great. And that's fine. And, you know, we're all about, you know, some flexibility and fun, but you know, you just find out that they like things that you just have never really even exposed them to. And that's cool. But you also, you know, have to vibe with it and get some other stuff in there too, but you just don't have as much control. And I guess also with the, you know, you and I talked about it, how she was doing a restricted eating thing. And that's the part that really, you know, bothered me was that she was going down that road. And I think that I'm more aware now because I got my act together, you know, and I, I understand now what it takes to have a balanced meal, what takes to nourish my body properly and to keep my blood sugar going and what my body needs to be healthy so that I can look then and go, okay, so we could probably do better, but how do I frame that in a mind that's not, you know, that comes out in a healthy way? And and then also, how can I get you some support if I'm seeing this is not yeah. going totally right? And that's, I think, where we intersected and you were like, hey, I think she probably needs some more support. <laughs> and I was like, touche. Yeah. Okay, great. How? Let me, let me get you some more support. So, and I think yeah. knowing and having resources then to reach out to has been really helpful. Yeah. And I honestly think your journey, first and foremost, that has allowed you to become aware of identifying these things because whether we like it or not, whether we have the best relationship to food, every human being, male and female, goes through their own experience with food throughout their life, also dependent on their generation and their life experiences. So it's not about having someone come up to you and when you notice things that are a little bit different or you notice something that's restrictive or makes you think differently, it's not about forcing them to eat. It's about actually understanding where that came from. So when your daughter has approached you at times with things that have kind of made a flag go off in your head where you're like, hmm, that's really interesting. Where did you learn that is, you know, no, like I want you to eat dinner tonight. Like the lettuce situation you had mentioned, how do you go about addressing that as a mother, right? Because you just want the best for your, your, anyone in your family, anyone in life, right? But especially your daughter and seeing that and then knowing that you've gone through experiences like that, how did you navigate that? And like, how do you approach that with your daughter? So I I think you should have, approach it. You know, actually one of the best resources I've gotten is like a plug is um, Dr. Lisa Demore. And she does, um, she's a a psychologist for pretty much tweens and teens. And she, much needed. uh, fabulous. (laughs) And she has a podcast, Ask Lisa, but she's like all over the nation. She's wonderful. And she says, approach things with curiosity. And so she's been uh, just amazing. And so I do try, and that's one piece of advice that I've got, try to approach it with curiosity, try not to come in too hot, right? Sometimes I take that, sometimes I fail miserably. Sometimes <laughs> it's so hard, right? Um, sometimes I, um, don't come observe me, please. <laughs> but sometimes I can get my act together and do this right. But if you come in with curiosity and sometimes even just coming back later and not addressing it in that moment, but come back, you know, at bedtime, at the end of the bed when they actually want to talk to you. Because a side note, by the way, 12, 13, 14 year olds. <laughs> you gotta you gotta manage the energy. Honestly, yeah. I've been thinking about this too. Whenever you like message or text people, I heard this on a podcast, but be really intentional about your communication and even like the times and, you know, even day of the week, right? Like sending a message with something super important you want an answer on Monday morning to someone who's super busy, right? And this is total side note. Like obviously that's probably the worst time to be messaging them or like Sunday night when they're trying to relax versus like, uh, you know, Monday afternoon and make the message short or maybe Tuesday because we know Mondays are crazy, things like that. But I think actually the same advice can be applied to addressing this with your young children especially middle school age children, because if you're coming in hot when they're like a little moody or on their phone or, you know, even in the moment where they're most triggered, especially um, when the food situation is happening, that could even heighten it up more is what I'm hearing. So you're really strategic on the environment and when you actually address it. 
So you kind of almost increase your odds of success for actually getting the feedback on the curiosity you have. Exactly. And then no time and place, I would say, and approach it with, I have something to learn from it. Yeah. And then take that information and then kind of figure out what to do with it. You know, I think that's the hard part. And then try to get them the resources. And sometimes it's like um, finding a book too. I've found that, you know, finding there's just a vast amount of like literature out there and like going and trying to find like a book that indirectly addresses it too can be helpful. Like I know this works on so many levels. Like if they're struggling with like a bully at school, well, finding something in YA literature that does that, you know, there's also so many other things that you can find within that. And so I know that's been one of the things I've been looking up is like, okay, healthy relationship with food and literature. And how can I find all of that? So that's been where I've been going since we've talked is like how to find more resources and maybe reading that book with, you know, and going with and going on that journey together as best we can. So. Yeah. How do you talk about nutrition, knowing everything you've learned inside of TSN and on your journey, not just losing weight, but like learning how to eat is really what it is. How do you specifically talk about food? Because even on this podcast, I mean, I'm, I'm very attuned with how people talk about food and you use words like nourish and fuel and feel good. And like, those are all terms I'm sure like are some of your secrets, right? That you're using with your children, but Regarding like the actual nutrition piece, especially things like balancing blood sugars, I know you mentioned like how do you actually educate your preteens and teenage children on nutrition without making it boring AF? Okay, so I approach my son and my daughter very differently. Um, so mm, that's good to know. Yeah. yeah, personalities and gender. Yes, my son is in a mentality of hit the gym. You know, he's fourteen years old. He's all about like put the muscle on. I mean, he is he is there. Does he play sports? He does. He's very athletic, yes. and I mean, and also I engage with a um, athletic trainer with him, okay. who's mastered. You know, like who has the credentials, right? I've learned something. <laughs> and you know, athletic trainers are awesome. Yeah. I know some awesome athletic trainers. They're very knowledgeable. So knowledgeable, and has been so helpful. Um, you know, helping him make healthy food choices too. Actually, I have to say, he went too restrictive at one point and started eating like. I want to say like too clean, you know, you've talked about this a lot, clean culture. Which is a big trend with young yeah. people right now. He started going into clean culture, you know, too, too clean. And uh, he was like, hey, uh, you need to be eating like dessert. You need to be eating like cookies and stuff like you're you growing. Yeah. You're not you eating, gotta get those calories, you're, not, you're not eating enough calories and you need to get it right now. And he goes, I want your main food to come from you, like nutritionist stuff, but you can also have, you know, fun things too. And so, you know, my son and I talked about it and strategized and went for it. So that was like how I approached my son and he, you know, went there. But it's funny that I had to kind of navigate it with him in a different way. And so with my daughter though, I bring her into the kitchen with me and I've made more of a concentrated mm -hmm. effort since the lettuce incident. And <laughs> that's what I'm calling it. Lettuce gate. The lettuce gate, <laughs> exactly. And I've been like, hey, come here. Let's um, let's make dinner tonight. What do you want to make dinner tonight? Oh, we've been playing around with AI a lot. And you know what we did? Oh, um, well, I mean, obviously, like that's, you know, my whole feel. Like everyone, like, we won't talk about AI, right? And I'm joking. Like everyone's talking about AI. But we went on to AI yeah. and was like, hey, let's come up with creating some meal plans and crafting some. And she loves it. So we went on ChatGBT wow. and came up with it. And she typed in some prompts and we refined them more to some meals she wanted and made it so interesting. And then we went to the grocery store and then she helped cook them, you know, as best as she could without getting, and then she got distracted and I finished the meals, but whatever, we won't talk about that. But, but she got in yes. the kitchen and honestly, you're taking the approach with her that I love, which is show, don't tell. Right. <clears throat> you're showing her how to have a healthy relationship to food. And also these are life skills, right? I think a lot of time too, when I think about myself on my journey with some of like my disordered eating in my past, a lot of it wasn't, I mean, food was a positive thing growing up. Like I love food. I'm a foodie. But when you're not taught a lot of things about nutrition and like doing them actively, whether it's with someone or, you know, just at a young age, like really being immersed in it, I think that can often, I don't want to say, right, because I don't have research to back me up on this, but I can see how that can correlate to disordered eating, restrictive eating, 
falling for diets is kind of a way to put it, right? Like when you do struggle with your weight, like falling for quick fixes because you haven't actually gotten the kitchen and created this healthy relationship with cooking and eating and fueling. Um, so I love that. Show, don't tell, baby. Right. Exactly. And I will say, I don't want to say that I'm doing this by gender at all. My son does know how to yeah. cook too. I don't like cook breakfast and yeah. lunches and summer. Like I get that little- well, He might not be interested uh, no, I, in I, I, no, no, no. He gets in there too. He knows how to do yeah. <laughs> eggs and toast. And, uh, you know, I've, I've set them all up in all of that. And, you know, he does certain meals as well to his capacity too. So I don't want you to think I'm genderfying it either. But um, no, I didn't, I didn't think that at all. But I do think, you know, I've, I've worked with both young men and women, although obviously I don't work with that population now. But what I will say, not that it's gender norms, but just interest in many children are very different. And that is beyond yeah. gender lines. But I do find a lot of my young female clients are just they have very different interests than like the teenager who's super into sports right, right? um so yeah it, it's really about just meeting the child with where they're at is what i'm hearing um when you think about your childhood and how your parents and that relationship to food and and who raised you how what did you want to bring into your children's life that you maybe didn't get a lot of around food and nutrition when you were that same age? I would say information. I, um, we did a good job of doing like the protein and the starch and the vegetable. My mom did a good job on that, but I feel like we didn't understand like how it worked in our body, you know, now, you know, the information of like why you should eat breakfast, like why you should have a protein at your breakfast, why, why eggs would be a better choice than a cereal, you know, like what, what's going on in your body and why that works better, you know, why just having coffee and a muffin won't really fit the bill, you know, you could do it like sometime, but like, you know, every day is not the time to do that. You know, that won't sustain your body, um, through the day. So I want to, and you know, it's not because it's that it's not because it's a carb. It's because it's not going to fill you up. It's not going to sustain you. So, and I feel like that's where the mark was missed on that information piece. And it's, you don't have to be a dietitian to get it. You don't have to be a nutritionist. You don't have to major in this. It's just like, it's your body. It's, you should know some basic operating manual, <laughs> you know, how to operate this thing if we're going to proceed in life with it. Just like, you know, we spend so much time on our hair and YouTube and figuring out how to do our hair on our makeup and all of that. Then we should, you know, know how this thing works too. That is so freaking true. We spend, including myself, so much time on YouTube looking up like beauty hacks. I mean, all of my TikTok, I'm not a makeup artist, but you'd think I was with how much it shows up on my For You page. Like I'm not good at makeup, but I love watching the videos. But we can explore so much like beauty stuff, whether it's hair, whether it's skin, makeup, fashion, right? But food is this thing that we absorb a lot of content, but I will say a lot of the content related to food and nutrition and weight loss, I think the tough part is so much of it can be really awesome on the internet, but there's a lot of content that just isn't and it misses the mark. Um, so I'm curious for you, have you ever been very confused by social media and has there ever been anything that you think contributed to not having a good relationship to food that was through social media? Mm, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I, I think it's maybe not even so much what's overtly being said, but you know, you know what recently happened that impacted me was Gwyneth Paltrow came out and said, "All I oh, eat is." No, <laughs> we haven't talked about this yes. on the podcast. I'm actually very glad you yes. brought it up. So, guys, if you guys didn't know, Gwyneth Paltrow, Goop founder. She basically said she – I mean, you guys probably we saw this if you're listening to this, but all of her social media went everywhere. She basically has like bone broth and fast and just like had this day of eating that basically like had no starch, very low calorie, so unrealistic for the average American. Can I just put that out there? Um, but anyway, you were saying that you saw that and that – that triggered something right. inside of you. And then, um, you know, and then Chris Martin came out and said, well, actually I do the same and I only have one meal a day, but I eat whatever I want. And then, you know what? I didn't mm -hmm. know Chris Martin. Came and he out was and defending her. He's from, mm -hmm. 
What what band yeah, is it from uh, again? Coldplay, and that's her ex husband. I love Coldplay. And then Hillary Duff came in and said, "Well, actually, I'm defending Gwyneth. I do the same thing, and I wake up so hungry in the morning. I wake up so hungry, and it was almost like this. This is what you have to do in order to be this thin. And at first, something in me, it was like in my gut, goes, "Well, if I want to be that thin, it was like this this thing in me, right? I can't help it. Came in and goes, "Well, should I be doing that?" Is that what I'm supposed to do? Am I supposed to be drinking bone broth and not eating and then fasting? Is that is that what it is? And then I thought, you know, it's like, and then I like, it's almost like a pullback moment of like, whoa, that's not what it's about. And I, I can't even entertain that idea for so many reasons. Like that's not healthy for me. That's not how I, I mean, I, I would go to say that's not healthy for anyone, yeah. <laughs> but based on the information yeah. that I, mean, I have. <laughs> it's really tough because with, for instance, fashion or makeup, mm-hmm. right? You can choose something based upon your style, what you like, what is your vibe. And there are some things that are like, oh my gosh, like I would never wear that. But this is a different conversation because this arguably impacts your health mm-hmm. more. Whether or not you wear one of those trending long jean skirts right now is not going to make or break anything. But I think where the internet has kind of just been so bad for nutrition and weight loss is we all eat, so we all have an opinion. And obviously how people interpret science is their own thing. And, you know, there's sometimes not right and wrong in science, which makes it hard. But because everybody eats, it's given so many people a platform to basically put what they eat on a pedestal without realizing the implications when the average person sees that piece of content without context. And it's just so, it's clickbaity, right? There's nothing wrong with wanting bone broth. There's nothing wrong if you do want to intermittent fast, right? But it's all these things collectively with how it's packaged where someone like you and I sees it. And then we're like, okay, I have to do that to look like this person, or I have to do that to be like this person, which is literally the opposite of what healthcare and being healthy is about. It's about understanding what your body needs. So it's one thing to follow a recipe because you saw something like a nice cream is like my favorite thing. Like you see a nice cream recipe, you want to make it like that's great. But that's very different than when you're saying, okay, this is what I eat in a day. This is what you should eat in a day. This is what everyone should eat in a day without any context and also no credentials behind your name. It's just completely different. I completely agree. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. And I'm also like, I'm sitting here at 40 years old. I'm at just a different stage now. Maybe if that were, if I had heard that information in my early twenties, I would have been more impacted by it too. And I would have, I mean, it's like when you read a book and you see something, unfortunately, and it's not such great information and you take it and you go, well, that was supposed to be a deterrent, but you know, that sounds like a great idea. Like at 40, I'm sitting here and I mean, I have friends that are, you know, getting cancer. I had one diagnosed last week and I have friends that have, you know, you know, been impacted greatly by health decisions and issues. And I think that I am also looking at what I eat is also different for me at this stage. Like I want to live the next like 40 years of my life, hopefully, you know, in good health. And I, I want to make good decisions. And that's not necessarily being, you know, a, a stick figure. You know, that's not the goal anymore. That might have been, you know, at one point in my life. And, you know, that was my mindset at one point was how thin can I get but my mindset now is just different. It, yeah, I do want to look my, I want to feel my hottest. Yes, I do want to feel my hottest, but that translates differently for me now. You know, I want to feel my hottest, but I also want to, you know, inside have good arteries. <laughs> yes, I know it like, I always say it never sounds sexy, but like all of this hot, healthy, never hungry, obviously the title name, but especially hot and healthy, which are those core words that drive so much of what I always say all the time. But you, can't be healthy and hot without having both of those blended together. To feel your hottest, you have to be your healthiest. And I think where I love where this conversation is going, but weight loss is not only a science, but like it is related to your health. And it's not just about the weight, it's about your body composition. To lose body fat and build muscle, especially as we get older and we age and we want to feel our best for the rest of our life, 
have clean, sexy arteries, you know, (laughs) we have to be healthy and we have to care about how we eat. So, you know, for any parents out there that are in the phase of life that you are in, they have children, they want to lose weight, they want to be around for their children, heck, their grandchildren. I have grandmas that work with TSN, so shout out to them. Um, For any of those parents, what advice would you give them if they are really feeling like stuck if they've been on Weight Watchers for 10 or 20 years, if they've haven't been able to see success, but they're they're really wanting to do it differently this time, what would you say to them? I would say um trust it. I would say really trust it and really dig in. And you don't have to be perfect. You don't. You just have to, you know, go to the next moment, you know, like, okay, so you do your best in each. I mean, like, you know, you track, you know, what you're putting in your body and you use it as a tool each week, you reflect on it, you know, all the tools that you're giving are right there. All the information that you give is invaluable and how to proceed through the program is, is right on in the mentality. It'll really change your relationship with food if you just trust it. And it might not be as easy as it was for me per se. It might be a little bit, you know, more challenging, but for me, something clicked and it was great. And it, it took just a little bit of time. I had to slow myself down just a little bit. Like at first I like, you know, kind of, Oh, you know, I'm going to do them all. And then I was just like, no, that's not the right mentality. I'm going to follow this exactly as it is. I'm going to do the modules as I go. I think I even like went ahead and then went back and did them. So just, (laughs) just trust the program. You know, Lauren knows what she's doing and then you'll see the impact of this go in different parts of your life. It's really good. And to end us off, I have to ask the question. It's redundant because I know from our conversations, of course, it's happened. But how has losing weight and more importantly, healing your relationship to food, how has that impacted you as a mother? That's a good question. It's made me a better mom because I have – I've had more energy. I've had more – confidence. I think the confidence element has been great. My, my kids have been, you know, supportive of me. You know, they don't, they don't say anything like directly like, Oh mom, you look great. They'll never do that. Tweens and teens (laughs) will never do that. I would not expect 99.9% of any teenagers to say that. They don't really say that, but they, um, but like my daughter and I do like rent the runway together and like things like that. Oh, and like, you know, she's like this, you know, this is such a cute one. You should rent this, you know, and like we really get into the fashion element together. And it's something where I would have at 25 pounds heavier, I wouldn't have been comfortable doing it. I just wouldn't have. And it wasn't, mm-hmm. it, it just didn't feel my hottest. And it would have been like, Ooh, you know, like I just don't feel, I didn't like to shop. I didn't like to, I never bought anything for myself. I would go out. It just, I didn't feel good in my body and it translated into those moments and it took away. And like we thrift store shop together. Like she's obviously a big shopper. And so I'm able to have those moments. And then also what also has impacted me is I go to the gym with my son and I feel good going to the gym with my son too. And, um, I don't know if I would have been, and that actually started about mid journey and I would go to the gym with him and I feel good about it. And I feel like I'm, I don't know when you pick up speed and you start feeling better about yourself, it's like, it's almost like you gain a confidence in it and it's just happened naturally. And that made me a better mom because I had this shared experience and shared interest with them that I didn't know. Um, and it was actually weightlifting. It was weightlifting. It wasn't cardio. Um, it wasn't cardio. It wasn't cardio. We went yeah. And we go for walks. We go for walks and that's how we get our cardio in and we get our hot girl walks in. But I, I do tell my son that and he's like, stop it. <laughs> Um, he's, he's fine with that, but, um, I try not to say it too much for them, but I do tell my daughter that, but yeah, so it's really helped me be a better mom and it's made me more, I mean, it's really, I can't tell you how much it's been a better mom because it's really translated in all areas of my life. It's almost like I can't even tell you the full impact of it because I don't even realize the full impact 
and it's made me a better wife in the sense that I feel better about myself. I just feel like I've, it's, it's just like, it's something I don't worry about anymore too. I can be just more confident and more myself too. And I'm also out of the rat race of trying to be my thinnest too. That's something else you taught me. And it's, and I think I told you this on the, when we messaged back and forth, um, you said something that really deeply impacted me. And it was that you don't have to go and be like, like I, at the weight I'm at, I'm really comfortable, but am I like the thinnest weight ever? Like, no, and it, but it's livable and I love it. And I'm, I feel really good and I feel hot and I look good. I know I look good and <laughs> I know I look good, but, but that's the type of confidence yeah. as a mother. I, personally, when I have children, I want my children to see me that confident. And that's the type of role models, both men and women, young men and women need to see in their parents, in their friends' parents. And it's not about aesthetics. Right. It's the confidence because you lose weight not to be a number on the right. scale. You lose weight to feel your best, just like you said, the feeling hot piece. And so for your children to be able to see you that way and also the the domino effect of because you feel that way, now you're wanting to go and go to the gym with them, go on hot girl walks with them, go grocery shopping with them, go clothing shopping with them. You're able to be a better role model. So when people say losing weight, you know, is so vain, it's, it's really not vain. It's about being your best. So then you can then be the best parent, mother, friend, colleague, sister, whatever it is, but especially mother, I'd say it's probably one of the most important relationships that you have to improve is with yourself to be able to be a better mother. Agreed. And the thing that you said that really got me was that you said at one point, you can be a lower weight, but is it sustainable? Is it something that will be um, constantly something that you're having to work at? And it's not something that will be like a pleasure, you know, like, will you be, will my calories have to be in a spot where it's just not like fun, you know, like where it loses the fun, yeah, it loses yeah. that fun element. And um, it got there because when I went to my fitness pal and I was like, okay, you know, I could go a little bit lower. And I thought, you know what? I really like where I'm at and I'm enjoying where I'm at and I'm good where I'm at. And I want to enjoy that moment. And I've never been there before. Even when I was at my thinnest in high school, even when I was my thinnest in college, I was never satisfied. I was never where I wanted to be. It was a mentality. I was much lower than where I am now. And so it, it got me there to a healthy mindset. And that's what I want to thank you for, because that translates to all the areas of my life. So it's not just the weight on the scale, but it's getting me to a place where I'm satisfied with myself and how I look and feel. And that's, that's the biggest thing. That's what you gave me. Oh. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Michelle. This has been a pleasure. I'm so excited for you. To lose weight for yourself is one thing, but to lose weight for yourself and to see firsthand how it impacts way beyond just the person you work with, right? Like losing weight is not just about yourself, even though it is. Um, and now you're able to teach your your little ones, who aren't so little anymore, by the way, the same things that you were learned um, in coaching. So I love that. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. <laughs> so fun, right? It was. <laughs> I might just sign up again okay. just to, just for fun. We'll just like kick it. <laughs> we might just have you back for part two. I love it. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks. 